Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all the listeners of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. If you haven't listened to our previous episode, which is BP13, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, and hope everybody has had a good end to 2022 because we were about to kick off the fifth season of the GAP in 2023. Welcoming back myself. Mr. Edgelord Sama, or that's questionable now, but also welcoming back Mr. Fluffy Senpai. Shouldn't have said Mr. Fluffy Senpai, it's Mr. Mr. Senpai. Anyways, Jason, welcome back to the studio. How is it going, my friend? Uh, Edgelord Sama, can you please identify your uh, Anglo-Saxon English name, please? <laughs> William. There you go. Oh, so actually, no. I, I hate calling myself William. Like, it, 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 oh, is it like the parent syndrome of when they call your full name? That means you're in trouble. Exactly, if, dude. I get triggered so much. Anytime anybody says William, most of the time it's because I I done fucked up. What happens if they go Wilhelm? Then that would be kind of weird because I know that that would be like the the German equivalent to it. It's but, like trolley kind of thing. Well, I, I mean like I've also had a French teacher say that like the the French equivalent to William is Guillaume, but then asking other French people they're like that there's no correlation whatsoever to two names. I I'll just take all Wait, that does shit with Guillaume actually is a legit name, right? Guillaume is a, a legit name. It's just no connection to Will. It's it's like a very loose connection. It's just basically like a like-for-like like sound. That's literally it. It's, it's like if you were to say William in Cantonese, it's Wailim. But you're doing that phonetically as opposed to like actually having any sort of like actually like lexical like definition and connection between the two. But what kind of definition we have is we are coming to you with high-fidelity audio first episode technically of season five but the second episode of 2023 we have taken like a bit of a break we recorded obviously bp13 in between we have watched stuff not a lot considering that we had a break it's kind of hard right like when when you had the break you were thinking oh you know i'm gonna catch up on so much anime i'm gonna read so much manga and then when the break actually starts you're just you know twiddling your thumbs and uh, i think for me as well it was just a lot of family time a lot of friends had uh, returned uh, to hong kong to visit so was mostly doing a lot of social stuff as tiring as it was but that does not mean that we are forgetting and abandoning all you listeners, yeah, all you beautiful, on, yeah. wonderful listeners. And we will get back onto the anime and manga hype train because that's exactly what we're going to do now. So, yeah. so as, as expected, after um, what Jason mentioned, no real updates in terms of what we've been watching or reading. Though, if there was anything we did read and watch, it's possible that we're going to apply into our discussion topic in the second half today so instead we're gonna come hot and heavy with a bunch of news updates because holy crap it's been a while since we did any of those so yeah i think uh, i told will earlier before we recorded like around this time every year just due to the fact that it is christmas and the new years and then obviously chinese new year is is around the corner this area is just jam smack when is golden week Golden Week, it went in Japan. Yeah, is that like in April or something? Or is it like they don't, I forgot, like which one was the long Japanese weekend? Ah, uh, from the end of April. Oh, okay. So, so I'm not, I'm not thinking of. So, in regards to this week, it would be like the last weekend or like the last couple of days of April through to early May. Okay. So, it, it, it's the equivalent it of like Easter, I suppose, though a month later. Right. But that, 
I, I then must have gotten my my, think, my think, Japanese holidays you're, mixed you're, up. You're thinking of Chinese Golden Week, which is CNY. Okay, my bad. Maybe that's where I got like, yeah. yeah maybe that I just misinterpreted that. Anyways, the point is, uh, we got a, a lot of shit to update on. A lot of news, but we have distilled it down to more than several news stories, but not hundreds of news stories. Yeah. So the first one we're going to go into is, uh, you know, as mentioned, it's a whole damn new year, which means there's a whole new ranking for 2023 for the Konomanga Gasugoi editors. Uh, they have revealed the top 20 for Will, both. Will, the... Will, what is what what is this uh, Konomanga Gasugoi thing? What, what is this thing? What... Uh Manga Gasugoi, or this manga is amazing, is a guidebook which, that... Which manga? Uh, loads of manga. Oh, shit. In fact, you know, in terms of the uh, rankings, there are 20 for uh, top uh, tw- uh, top 20 for male readers and top 20 for female readers. So we'll just go in order in terms of the article itself. Uh, in terms of its top 20, uh, there are some, you know, expected suspects there. For example, like Goodbye Airy by Tatsuki Fujimoto, Akane Banashi by uh, Yuki Sunega and Takamasa Mue. And at the very bottom of that list, very surprisingly for me, uh, Golden Kamui by Satoru Noda. Um, I am happy to see it there. Um, but um, yeah, there there is some news uh, that we've talked about in terms of how the fourth season of Golden Kamui had halted its productions due to a, um, a tragedy that took place uh, within the production studio. So hopefully that situation uh, is, is resolved and everybody is back on track in terms of moving on um, from whatever had happened. But on to this particular article. Now, in terms of the male readers list, a lot of the stuff we see here is very much like recognizable. I mean, like Goodbye Airy, Akane Banashi, uh, One Piece. Uh, you and I are popular opposite. Uh, you and I are polar opposites. But yeah. then, yeah. So I read that. Yeah. Um, but uh, just in case you you listeners are unaware, so this is a guidebook that gets kind of published every year. That's what I said in the beginning. I know, I know, I know. And that they just separate male and female readers. Yeah. And uh, so. Th- when we go over both lists, there are, of course, no crossovers, and that's something which is that, kind of weird. This is, that's something that Jason and I had kind of discussed, like off the air before, in terms of like how do they go about actually stipulating what manga can go in either list? Is it because it's based on the the magazines or the publications? Because there are like specific ones that are for like. Shonen, there are ones that are specific for shoujo. Like Dessert for Shoujo is a very well-known one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Shonen Jump, for example. Yeah. Uh, another thing that we might want to note now, because um, we'll probably talk about it a bit more later on, is that uh, a lot of the male uh, top 10 uh, listed options are available in English, whereas for the female section, all of them are not. As in all 20 of the top manga properties for females are just not available in english however however um the authors that are listed in the top 20 for female readers do have some previous works that are available in english so at least there's some stuff you can read uh that's easily circulated globally um so should we just i don't think we need to list every single one uh we don't but i would like to sort of mention that jump plus unsurprisingly shonen jump has received a lot from the male readers top 20. So for example, Goodbye Airy is on Jump Plus. You can read that now, Jump Manga Plus. Uh 
Ta Poki's Original Sin, 16 chapters completed, all for free on Manga Plus Jump Plus. Fucking fantastic. I haven't mentioned this to Will. You got to read it. It's quite insane. It's 16 chapters, very easy read, and it. I can. I don't. I don't want to say anything else. You should just give it a shot. Yep. Number uh, one on the list is uh, the Summer Hikaru Diet by Moku Mokuren. I have um, not heard of it. So it's published by Karakawa Shoten, uh, and it is a seinen uh, manga. Ooh. Yeah. So in terms of like the the genre tags, at least this is what I was reading off of from uh, from 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 Wikipedia. Uh, gore is uh written in terms of one of its uh genres uh, i think i think i need to double that's check that's insane yeah so don't quote me on that yet um but uh yeah so it was released uh in jan uh, in august 31st 2021 oh no not no not gore it's a horror slice of life oh so it is miracle chan but a dude now it's a it's a body snatcher manga fucking let's go bro yeah so in terms of the plot it's a simple two-line plot uh yoshiki and hikaru are two teenage boys living in a small town in rural japan despite having opposite personalities and different hobbies the two maintain a close friendship however on one summer day hikaru was body snatched by an alien force yoshiki still wants to stay with hikaru but hikaru has changed so much that it may ruin their relationship I like how the synopsis focuses on the relationship between the the two childhood friends. Okay, fair. That's I, but, I, but, that, but, that's, but like, the, that's the slice of life part of it. Yeah, but hello, body snatching. Let's 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 not ignore the elephant in the room. But anyways, um, so uh, is it licensed officially in English somewhere? Uh, yes, uh, by Yen Press. Ah, okay. I think I don't know if it's released yet. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, so far, they've—I mean, like the 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 first two volumes uh, in Japanese were released in March and uh, October of 2022. So it's been a you know steady release. Um, though I don't think that it, they got the license, but when the English versions are going to come out, who knows? Um, One thing I do want to shout out though is you and I are polar opposites, which is ranked number nine. Yeah, that's one that I saw as well. So I actually have been reading that jump on Jump Plus Manga Plus on the side. The main character looks like Sakamoto. It kind of is. And yeah. then it's kind of like a Gyaru kind of relationship. Except, like, it's quite cute. Uh, the lingo that they use is very American high school-esque, let's just say. And it's just a very comfy, fun time that I think is like... It's, too- a, it's basically what Nagatoro-san should have been. Because Nagatoro-san are also about two people who are polar opposites, except that it is a completely horrible relationship between the two of them. Yeah, but one is about hazing, and the other one That's is like mean, confronting it's, it's, yeah. their it's, polar opposites, and it's 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 the wholesome, necessary approach as opposed to just straight up just bad vibes. Yeah, uh, and actually, not, not not to like demean anybody who is actually a fan of Nagatoro-san, but what's going on, guys? Come on. We're, we're, we're not saying anything, but we're saying something. Uh, but, yeah, you and I are polar opposites. It's rock-solid shoujo. Uh, and the characters, they legit, like, talk shit out. That's why that's what I know it's a good shoujo. It's like, oh, not misinterpretation, misunderstandings. It's just, this is how I feel. This is how you feel. Well, let's figure it out. 
And yep. that's just mature, normal human being behavior. Yep. So there's a bunch of other stuff that's in the uh, the the male readers top twenty, but um, I think we put enough focus onto that, uh, and see if we can try and put some focus on the top twenty list for female readers. Because never heard of, of any of these. Unfortunately, titles. a lot. The the, the first uh, the, the the top pick uh, across all twenty of them is Temaku no Jadugal, or a witch's life in Mongol by Tomato Soup. Um, I think it's awesome name. It's based on like a, like the story of a young woman uh, in the 13th century. It's kind of like a like a, 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 a history like set piece kind of thing. Uh, and then the other ones like Jean Bride, Serious Office Worker, Onanoko ga Iru Basho, wa, and Star Tripper, so on, so on, so on. You'll notice that a lot of these just purely have Japanese names and again it's because none of them have got an English translation that's officially licensed so Jason and I haven't been able to read any of them that's where we can't really give too much you know insight in, term, in terms of like what each specific series is about other than you know the small synopses that are published either on like Anime News Network or my anime list maybe even Wikipedia um, but uh, yeah we we will definitely have this linked in the uh, episode description so that if you do want to take an in-depth look in each specific series that's listed on these respective top 20 lists for both male and female readers, uh, you can check it out in your own time. Uh, I'm extremely sorry for derailing this, Will. I actually know one of the titles very well. I just looked at it. Number 11, In the Clear Moonlit Dusk by Mika Yamamori. Uh, it's actually released in Kodansha, actually. Uh, I don't know why it said it doesn't. Oh, it, serialized in dessert. Yeah, uh, it was released this fall, so very very recent. Uh, shoujo manga has an eight point zero zero on my anime list. It's really good, actually. Okay, so I think it's licensed, right, by Kodansha, but in terms of availability, it's not digitally. It's available in English. Yeah, I have like three volumes on my iPad right now. It's kind of weird. I don't understand. Um, published digitally in English as In the Clear Moonlight Dusk by Kodansha USA since July 13th, 2021 and in print since November 29th, 2022 on the My Anime List page. Well, I guess that uh, either you got some explaining to do or Anime News Network done goofed. But um, you guys can Not see... Not sure if we're supposed to upset that because if you're actually wrong, then... Um... I don't know. No, I mean, look at this. It's right here, bro. Again, though, I mean, this is also my anime list. I read them. Yeah, but there's also a lot of English stuff that's out there that, you know, is kind of gray area, right? Okay. Fair enough. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure, but okay, sure. Um, Stay in school, guys. Ah, no, you're right. It is listed on... Yeah, actually, yeah. (laughs) Okay, now... Redact everything there. Jason is actually correct because what's funny is that when you actually click on the link on Anime News Network, they actually have two links linking to the first two volumes uh, on ebook that are available for $5.99. Yeah, the first one released July 13th, 2021. So Jason is correct. Um, feels good. Yeah, feels good. So um, let's go on to the next news oh, story, wow. Will. Wow, it's available for $5.99, but Barnes & Noble is selling it for $9.99. What the fuck? What was up with that uptick? 
Anyways, on to the next uh, article. <laughs> so, derail- I'm sorry for derailing. I feel real bad. Yeah, I mean, like, when has that never happened, right? Uh, on to the you, next. Fuck you. On to the next article, which I think we can kind of just breeze past because, um, I mean, who really cares? Uh, Giga Akatami has hinted that Jujutsu Kaisen, the manga, will probably end within one year. This is hot off the presses. Uh, and uh, just about two years ago in uh, February... No. Yeah, actually two years ago. February 2021. Uh, Akutami had said something similar in that sense where uh, back then uh, the manga would quote-unquote probably end within two years. So if we're going by two years, one year, then hey, maybe they're onto something. But as we've seen with you know a lot of these kind of probably ending soon, um, who knows? It may be one year, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less. Um, all we know right now is that Jujutsu Kaisen is super hype right now and still is. So, um, yeah, that's about it, really. Like, what else do we need to say about it? Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the prequel movie, rock solid. Will and I watched it in the theaters. I say it was solid. I wouldn't say it's rock solid. The music and the sound design was really, really good. But Okay, that's eh. fair. That's fair. That's fair. It, it, it's, a, it, it's a good eight. Yeah, it's a good eight, right? It's a good eight. Yeah. Okay. Eight out of ten, B plus. Now, another thing that uh, we're going to talk about now is um, about Inuo. Inuo, the anime film by Masaki Yuasa. Who uh, is who's Masaki Yuasa? Will it's only, my, it's only my favorite director of all time. Oh, uh, is it? It's almost like we had an episode dedicated to his career. Which analysis. you all should go back to and listen to one of my personal favorite After Dark episodes. Which one um, will doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> You're trying to avoid that shit. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, like if I was to ask you which one was for Mamoru Hosoda, uh, number eighty-six. What was the episode number for Sound Symbolism? Uh, BP eight. Damn it! Actually, that was that was correct. Anyways, so uh, in terms of the actual article itself, Inuo has received. Golden Globes and a, a, nomina- a, a nomination for one of the awards in the Golden Globes. This was reported by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that it's got one. I only just watched the trailer today. Fucking great! It's some sort of like crazy, gory, violent, but also like rock hair metal. Sand. Yeah, yeah, hair metal rock opera. Um, I mean, in, in terms of like actually putting a genre down onto it, it's just wacky because that's what, you know, Yuasa does. It's avant-garde. Oh, I hate that. Satoshi Kon will be proud of uh, Inuo, I think, Yuasa's yeah. uh, latest work. I think like it just looks very Yuasa-esque and Satoshi Kon-esque, which is exactly what you want. I think the only other film recently that has gotten a lot of attention is Bell. Obviously, um, Mako Shinkai's new film about the ones with the doors. You saw that trailer. Yeah. That one's been doing well. Yeah. But, um, eh? Yeah. Okay. We'll see it when we get there. Yep. So, uh, the film uh, has you know already gone and passed in movies. Uh, the, 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 the distribution company, G-Kids, uh, will release the film. Uh, well, actually, digitally, it was already released back in uh, December 20th. Blu-ray discs and DVDs will be distributed by Shout Factory on January 24th. So, if you want to watch it now, you can at least, you know, get it digitally uh, via Apple TV for $14.99 US. Pink, what the f- 
What? Yeah. That's pretty expensive. I mean, even even the cars outside did not approve of that statement. That, that's pretty much the same price as a movie ticket. But you're watching it at home on what I would assume be like a much smaller screen and a much quieter sound system. What is also quiet is when you need to pay up. Man, you got to work on that segue. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> even the cars are being like, bro, come on. Um, no, this is just... Um, I done fucked up, Will. This is, this is some real sad shit. So one of probably the most well-known, highly acclaimed anime series of all time, of course, it's debatable what is number one or whatever. We've talked about this before, right? Like Endlessly. Every, no one has the same number one. But I would think a lot of people would agree that Stein's Gate would be in that discussion being the time-traveling uh, anime series with a bunch of movies. There's a prequel, Zero. All based off of originally uh, a visual novel. So, unfortunately, the company that makes Stein's Gate, they're called Mages? Correct. They have now claimed insolvency and has said that they have lost over $4 million. Yeah, $4.6 million U.S. Yeah, so um, not even yen, yeah. which is actually not that bad of a loss. But no, it's in USD, bro. So. Yeah. No, I mean, in terms of like, we don't even know how big Mages is, um, just in case no one really knows much about them. Uh, they've produced Chaos Child. They've done the Science Series. They also uh, made um, Corpse Party. I've heard that name before. I don't really know much about it. Really? You talked about it extensively in one of our previous episodes. Corpse Party? Yeah. Which one? I think it was horror. Or it was... It, 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 I think you definitely talked... I can, I can pull that episode back up. Bro. You used that. Are, are we time traveling? You, you literally said at the beginning, "I can't believe I'm about to say this, but corpse party." And then afterwards, you just went into like a kind of trance, like fugal mind state. Yeah. Anyways, um, so of course, you know, if we're talking about like companies in general, like four million dollars may not sound a lot, but in terms of like games development, depending on how big your studio is, four million plus is a lot of goddamn money. Now. We should also make it clear they are in insolvency, which means that financial it's a financial state in which they aren't able to repay their debts. It's not quite the same as bankruptcy, which is the process of actually going and liquidating assets and repaying back investors to cover losses. So they haven't gone to the bankruptcy stage yet, but that is very likely what the outcome of this whole news story will be. The other option is that um, you know they have a parent company uh, which does help in terms of you know doing some work behind the scenes. They could bail them out, though that also then creates another problem down the road. Uh, right now, it's just a lot of financial troubles for the major studio. It, it it just sucks because the studio that created this well beloved anime series and set of films is now facing trouble. So. That's sort of what we're reporting on. A lot of series like uh, Higurashi, when they cry. Higurashi. Higurashi. I'm glad you're still keeping up with that. Oh, don't ever change, Jason. <laughs> uh, when they cry is also based on a visual novel. Not everything is based on a light novel, guys. Just saying. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, hopefully um, that they can, you know, sort out their financials because they also only like recently announced that there was like development with three new games. So um, I'm still waiting on Steins Gate question mark, question mark, question mark, which is currently the working title for their upcoming like addition to the Steins Gate series. So why won't you? OK, look, I'm not a studio head executive or whatever but if you say you have three current projects and you are having financial losses and one of them you have announced is steins gate something wouldn't you kind of just cut the other two well probably right i mean again it's, well, it depends on how far along right well i mean like imagine you come out and just say oh we're only doing one that doesn't like stoke investor confidence the last thing they want is to scare off investors, right? Yes, of course, like keeping them in the dark is not great, but that's also what a lot of other companies do anyway. The last thing you want is to come out and bear like small bits of bad news along the way, because then your profit lines just start dropping. So I mean, four million yeah. USD though—that's that's a hefty amount. Of yeah. Debt, so they're gonna have to either, you know get financial aid of sorts from their parent company, uh, maybe liquidate some assets, uh, which actually was probably worse because then that means they'll be losing uh, the rights to the IPs for, you know, the series that they're producing. Um, but look, like, this is not new in terms of companies that are in the red. We've talked about it before, how a lot of anime production studios have been operating in the red over the course of COVID. So it's, um, it's tough times. Moving on to the next one. Actually, we only have two more articles left, but uh, these ones are, um, yeah, let's, let's try and you know, make things a little bit more rosy, a little more cheerful. Um, you've been watching Spikes Family, right? Yes, I have. Well, I finished it. It's great. Really? Yeah, I did. I just looked this morning. You uh, currently haven't updated your, your, mal, your mal. It still says 12 out oh, of 13. Oh, shit. Come on, Jason. Shit. Yeah. I mean. No, but, but, it, but it, I did it, finish it, it on Netflix. Score so far? Uh, probably like a eight point five, but trending towards an eight. I'm trying to figure that out because did you like season one more or season two? I mean, okay, do you like part one more or part two? I'll be honest. I think one of the allure of why I gave part one a nine was just because out the gate it just looked felt fantastic. So of course, part two didn't dip. In terms of quality, in my opinion, they introduced one of my favorite characters from the manga, also a plus. But it was like same shit, different day. But really, that's kind of like an insult to the sheer production of part two. Yeah, but generally, I mean, a lot of people seem to like part one way more than part two. I mean, the for part one, the mouse score is an 8.69. And then for part two, it's an 8.39. Which isn't like a huge discrepancy. They're both like very rock solid. I think it's just hype train. Yeah, and I and I got I got a bit of that too. But hey, season two got announced. I uh, I don't know if we have a report on that or not. But season two, surprise, surprise. But what about Spike's family? Will how are you mentioning this now? Because I'm putting you on the spot. So well, you know the whole family, um, Lloyd, Anya, Yor, they're all busy, you know, trying to keep Wait, up with their daily lives. There's only three people in that family? Well, Bond is only just, you know, chilling, looking into the future. Right. Pondering. Thinking nice. about things. It's a very, very important part of the family, to be fair. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. Um, they've been making the news uh, quite a lot recently because uh, there's been a uh, video that has been released on uh, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> right. But, 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 but hear me out, guys. So... 
this has nothing to do with Japan now. I mean, Spike's Family is a Japanese anime series property, you know. Yeah, no, we're on, actually on, we're actually focusing on a different country, uh, different location, uh, Taiwan. So I don't know how else to put it, but basically there was a video of, and correct me if I'm wrong, Will, because I'm trying to be very delicate about this. A training video. It's supposed to be a training session for police officers, right? Yeah. So essentially, how it was released was Anya and Lloyd Forger rob a bank in Taiwan. That was like the kind of tag that they used, and everyone was just, of course, clickbait as fuck. Yeah, it's, it's right? so funny. Like when how people the actually, fuck? when people actually started watching the video and dissecting it, they then realized this is actually just part of a training video for police officers in terms of how to de-escalate like situations that you know involve force in this case a robbery of a bank um it was just kind of funny but also what the fuck that they decided to have two of the robbers cosplay as anya and lloyd forger so this is what happens essentially cosplayers you're on note. You're you're getting put on blast. You're getting put on notice. Yeah. So Anya and Lloyd Forger, quote unquote, because no, it's not actually them. Uh, drive up to a bank. Then they walk into it and Ooh, start. And, An- did Anya drive to the bank? I think Lloyd did. Okay, that'll be hilarious. And if then, Anya drove to the yeah, bank. That, that'd be yeah. Th- there's some inconsistencies there. You clearly are not reading the manga if you've got Anya driving the car. Uh, they go in and then out of like two rucksacks, they pull out like assault rifles and start getting everyone to get on the ground. <laughs> then afterwards, the police come in and take them down. Bro, they're in a scooter. Look at this shit. Yep. I forgot. I thought they were in a car. They're in a scooter. What the. F- but Lloyd is the one that's driving it, right? So at least there's some consistency there. Um, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess welcome to 2023 when police have to do a training video that is kind of like a promotion, kind of like trying to get the youth, the hip, the hype, SpyX family train. Yeah. Well, at least you know that the family's keeping busy. I mean, did you see like a month ago that Anya was at the World Cup? Yeah. Yeah. She was there watching the Spain versus Japan game. And how did that turn out for Japan? Well, I mean, they progressed to the next round. And how? what happened after that? They crashed out. Yeah. yeah. And what happened to the popularity of Blue Lock? It's still ranked lower than Arawashi. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, Blue Lock is all right. Yeah. It's, it's just it's, it's just It's mid. <laughs> Maybe a bit above mid, but yeah, yeah it's very, very. It's off, not. It's, it's not even above average anymore. It's above mid. That, it, that's it, where we're going with from now on. It's expected. Let's just say it's very predictable, but good. Anyways, yeah. Onto the last bit of news we wanted to talk about because this this one actually like we probably will spend a fair amount of time because there's a lot of discussion points in this. Um, uh, listeners from last season and the season before, thank you for staying and thank you for being a very, very uh, dedicated patron of our listener, you know, I don't know, base listener population. Yeah. I, I need to stop that squeaking in my chair. But we are now bringing back for the first time in 2023 our Baka of the Month segment. And this goes to, as of recording, 2,888 people. This is about an online petition to redo Chainsaw Man. Why? On change.org. Yeah. So, um, 
apparently uh, the anime is incredibly polarizing because of the film-like direction um, choices undermine the intensity and comedic elements of the manga. A lot of people, well, by a lot, I mean the 2088 188 people that signed the petition felt that um, Denji, uh, some of the lines were cut from episode one, and there were a couple changes in some of the battle scenes that happened later on in the series, and they felt that uh, this is the director, quote-unquote, misunderstanding the themes and foreshadowing in the original work. They also felt that the anime's pacing, uh, such as you know spending too much time on specific arcs, and also some of the voice actor performances just did not match up to their expectations. I am using Google Translate here, but I am quoting the Change.org online petition. It is not an exaggeration to say that this was a real failure. So in light of this situation, I, being the creator of the, 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 the petition, will submit a signature to Suesha and Studio Mappa requesting a reanimation of Chainsaw Man, which has a new director with a high degree of understanding. And uh, he gave out several suggestions, which uh, I was like, sure. For example, Studios Doro Hedero Animation uh, Production Company Trigger Tarantino movies and B-class movies are ideal directions for animation. So not only are they request this person is requesting it to be redone, but it's like here are some notes for you, man. Like yeah, just, they want just, they want they, they want they want Tarantino, who's never directed an anime well, series. Well, technically, Kill Bill has an anime segment, kind of. Okay, was he the one that was supposed to be doing the whole thing? I mean, we just know that Tarantino is just a fucking mad lad. So, bro, I'm just throwing this guy girl under the whoever, bus a bone so then i can just rip it in front of his face for like his or her face for like the next 15 minutes because i'm gonna go ape shit on what's this. hilarious is that this article that was posted on anime news network came out on december 28th and uh they were the the, the petition itself was trying to essentially gain 5,000 signatures and they would open up signatures up through to december 31st however the change.org petition is still online. They're still getting uh, the signatures. And since then, they've only managed to get just over 800 additional signatures. No closer to the 5K mark that they were trying to get to. Okay, so I did my due diligence and started watching Chainsaw Man. Okay? Um, it's obviously, I think it's fantastic. But, sure. Uh, the grainy kind of let let let's fucking well let's fucking break this shit. Yeah, down. let's dissect this. I'm just I'm just like I I'm just gonna go ham on this. So first of all, he noted his summary. Actually, is this a guy or a girl? Actually, we'll keep Kobeni Carr yeah. started yeah. this petition to Mappa. So we're just gonna call him Kobeni Carr, even though that's the name of uh, I get that reference. Okay, let's say. Um, so the summary of criticisms was broken down into three parts. Director's original interpretation, storyboard slash direction, which is kind of funny because that's the director, and music and sound. All right. So he said that the Chainsaw Man anime directed by Ryu Nakayama was very movie-like and very unpopular. The momentum and gags are considered to be the charm of the original work are lost due to excessive realism and eroticism. So, 
Will, um, apparently Chainsaw Man is really unpopular. Incredibly unpopular. I mean, a whole 2,888 people are uh, really, really outraged by the handling of this uh, this massive property. And furthermore, Will, why is it? Why can't the Chainsaw Man anime, anime, so not live action? Let's be clear here: anime, fictional, two D animation. It's not realistic enough because the chainsaws out of a dude's head and arms is just the way that they did it in MAPPA is just not realistic, bro. Yeah. The fact that in this fictitious uh, Jap- Japan, there are devils. You what know? was that thing they said about the eroticism of it? It just said eroticism. Okay. But I mean, it's also what happens in the manga. So, like, I don't know what you're trying to. This is just clearly someone who doesn't even know what the fuck Chainsaw Man is. In addition, there are criticisms of the optimization of the overall story structure and tempo during the animation, such as the lack of breaks between episodes and the bad ending where too much time is spent on a certain arc. Fine. Um, the lack of breaks between episodes. Which doesn't... I, I don't understand what they're trying to get at there. Okay, maybe it's lost in translation. Do, what, do the, yeah, it, it could be, because this is all Google Translate, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, so fair point, right? But the, were they expecting a, a previously on the last episode of Chainsaw Man, da, 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 and then like a 30-second like recap, and then now like going into the next episode? Like, I don't understand. Like, the whole point in watching like a shonen action series is that you want it to be fast-paced. Okay. There might have been some criticisms about the pacing in the latter part of the first part. But um, look, just because you have things laid out in a certain order and a certain pace in the manga, it does not mean that that's going to be translated panel for panel, word for word, onto screen. There's no way that you're able to do that like 100%. So Will and I read the manga all of part one at the very minimum we both have done that like ages ago and to be fair there were it's not like there's pacing issues but there are parts that are a little bit slower than other parts but that's normal you don't want it to just be completely high octane all the fucking time and to be fair uh fujimoto sensei's um art style is quite distinctive so sure I, i okay i get that right so the director um Ryo Nakayama was like, hey, I'll make it grainy and film-esque-like, right? And make the palette, because I noticed the color palette is a bit bland, but I know that it was done by design. And uh, the gag thing, like, at the end of the day, like, it's really well-made. It's really smooth. They incorporate 2D and 3D in a way that doesn't make it stand out so then you can't tell which parts are 2d and 3d i don't know if you know what i'm talking about will but like they blend it very well such that actually you know the jj uh jujitsu kaisen uh opening right yeah did you like any of the openings they're okay like the animation sequences and stuff they look pretty dope i thought the like ooh, like if the I, action if, if i had to choose between the first or the second openings Oh, oh, the second the music was really good. But I like the subway motif of the first. Yeah, first. That, that was also like really dope. 
But imagine that quality, fluidity, fidelity of animation for the entire anime, and you get Chainsaw Man. <sighs> yeah, like look, I I haven't watched it, but I'm not in a rush to. So therefore, like the criticisms of it, like I'm not gonna be like able to reflect on them simply because I I haven't watched it myself. I can only go by what I feel about the manga and based on what you've watched yourself. So, I mean, what else did this 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 Kobeni also then like criticize about uh about Chainsaw Man the anime adaptation? The OP is bullshit. Okay, okay, I I like the OP not. I, I don't, oh, sorry. I, I think, I think the, the OP music... video is an excessive uh, push of the movie. Okay. There are pros and cons, and the ED movie is also... The, the ED video is also very popular because I guess each episode yeah. actually is sung by a different female character. There's 12 different uh, ending themes, one per episode. So, I guess... I don't know. I'm just flabbergasted, I think. Like, speechless... And it was kind of like so many thoughts were going through my mind that just nothing were going to come out of, like, my mouth. Do you think this is just a case of an armchair critic with incredibly excessive expectations? I think this is an armchair critic that is unaware of the fact that just because something is not what you expected does not mean that, A, everyone else shares that opinion well i mean another 200 2887 people did fair right yeah to to just because you don't like something doesn't mean that you're emphatically right or emphatically wrong art is always subjective at a certain point so i'm not faulting this person to really not like this adaptation but to then the problem that i have is the armchair critic part yeah the fact that you're demanding like here are my notes. I'm just some random forum user. I demand MAPPA to redo it. I'm just like, even if you get your 5K signatures, even if you double or triple that, do you really think something's going to happen? And to then, the the hubris, the, the, the you, ego. You, you can't deny that this person feels incredibly strong about their opinion. Right. I mean, again, everybody's right to their own opinion. But the problem here is that what they're voicing and then what the solutions they are trying to provide for it just don't add up. You know, you're 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 expecting this to be Tarantino as you're essentially asking for a Hollywood level of production, which is not something you regularly see in anime. And and. okay, again. It could be due to translations, but for storyboard and direction. So apparently this person is an anime industry aficionado, which he could, he or she could be, okay? In general, the reputation of the battle scene and gag scenes are bad. The lack of impact is due to the large number of drawing strokes. And the elimination of CG and manga-like productions are cited as fa- contributing factors. Okay, so you, you watched... Like, did you watch enough like action scenes to have any perspective on this? Kabeni Car, shut the fuck up. Right. Okay. Great. The fuck you talking about number strokes? Oh, it's bad. Where are your references? Okay, I'm not. I have a podcast. I'm I'm shitting on you. Look, just show your receipts. Don't just say shit. 
Yeah, don't just air out your dirty laundry you, like you, that. Within this petition, you say like, oh, uh, hold on. I really need to make sure I get this part correct. Ooh, they said something about like, oh, show pictures before and after, I guess. I'm just like, where are your ev photographic evidence? I'm not asking you to get interviews or statements because that's unrealistic. And at that point, I'm just being an asshole. But what I'm trying to say is, when you just make a general broad statement, like it's bad, what, like from where? Show links. Just show a user. I mean, you did show something, but like the music is bad. How so? It does not excite or leave an impression. The fuck does that mean? You can hear the characters' conversations, but the volume adjustment. Okay, so the sound mixing is bad. I Maybe you can't show footage, right? I guess you can't, yeah. right? But I mean, like, it, 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 what's your rebuttal to those? Like, did you feel that there were times where character lines didn't sound very loud? Did you feel that maybe the delivery of certain sounds just didn't match up to what was on screen? I do agree with some of the statements in the sense that, like, the grainy film was look, at least the aesthetics, was definitely very different than what I had in mind for Chainsaw Man. But I wasn't against it either. I just did not expect it. But when I saw it, I was like, Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I guess that's the direction they're going yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. All right. And the sound mixing is there are fight scenes when you have the music, the sound effects, which by the way are bumping, and then you have the character voices. I mean, if you're gonna fault the sound mixing when a chainsaw gets revved up, someone screaming in agony, while a monologue of sorts is happening, like. You're asking for an A-tier, S-tier, God-tier sound mixer to be able to pull that off. Like, at some point, you just got to cut your losses and not focus on that. And I do not think that that's a big issue overall. It's a issue at certain points. But at that point, it's like, well, you and I both record a podcast and we can see our audio channels and we ed we sound edit our stuff maybe but it's it's just it's just two voices and maybe some background noise and white noise yeah that's literally it but imagine like four or five different channels and picking out which one should stand out between the two or five or four it's not that easy of a task it's it's so uneasy of a task that there is a person dedicated to doing that, the sound engineer or the director or whatnot. But I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, like, so pissed off at the fact that this person just thinks that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I don't not, know. I'm, I'm not even pissed off at this. I think, like, criticisms and opinions are warranted. I'm more just kind of, like, bewildered that there's someone that felt so strongly about something without any substantial evidence, yet also managed to convince, like, another 2,000-plus people to go ahead and sign on it. Now, how many of those signatures are legitimate? Who knows? It could just be someone just, you know, trying to get on the bandwagon and also hating on, you know, Chainsaw Man. But again, this is, like, a minority the fact that there are over a million members on Chainsaw Man's My Anime list. A listing. very huge majority of people love Chainsaw Man. 8.71 for its MAL score, ranked 47, popularity 129. Again, take all that stuff with a grain of salt. But enough people have taken the time to actually complete or just put a listing on their anime list profile and said, this is what I liked about Chainsaw Man. This is the ranking I want to give it. And there you go. Right. I, I, 
at the end of the day, I don't disagree with some of the state's statements this petition make. But the issue is to be able to say this is how you fix it rather than to fix it or to here are some notes for inspiration is a bit unless if at that point you need to show who you are to show credibility maybe or provide evidence which i understand actually is quite difficult the funny thing is i was expecting the voice to be like yo nakima totally did not like her voice because actually i have heard that from a lot of people I also thought it wasn't what I thought she would sound like in the manga, but I wasn't like. Uh, I was like, yeah, okay, got used to it, it's fine. Sounded like a lolly, sure, no problem. Uh, Powers dope though, I have to say. I mean, I for is a great voice actress. Absolutely love her. We uh, they need that yay song. Yeah. What about okay? So what about Denji's performance then? From Kikunosuke Toya. So here's the thing. Well, without really getting too much into spoilers, you know Denji's, especially in the first episode, you already know he's a bit of a pushover. Yeah. He's a bit of a submissive, I don't really know what I'm doing, oh, like, brain-dead kind of person. He's just a kid who doesn't know what he wants, and that that's the whole, like, point in his character, yeah. right? Fucked up, like, upbringing that then get thrusted in this crazy situation that basically is the first part of the manga. I can tell you at least towards the end of the first part of the manga, he actually becomes more of a, 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 I guess you would say a person. I know that sounds really degrading, but I think that's the whole point of the character development. He goes from zero to one, zero, nothing to something. So of course, in the beginning, when you, by definition, and I guess this is my subjective interpretation, you have to sound kind of unemotional, kind of just, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, I don't know how you would be able to express how bland you are except by being bland. It's almost like when, uh, in similarly, villains, they sometimes are very good villains. They act and voice act very well, and they would get death threats from fans. That's how good of a villain this person is. And maybe in real life, this person is like the sweetest person ever. Usually it actually is. But they're just really good at playing or voicing villains. But they get death threats. Just think about that. People get death threats based on how their performance are in terms of their being an asshole or a villain on screen, not their actual personality in real life. Yeah, it, it, it gets excessive at that point when you're not able to like, break yourself from that immersion of this is just fiction compared to this is actual real life. Like everything that you see on screen, everything you hear from your speakers when watching anime, when watching a movie, whether it be animated or live action, just remember that these are all works of fiction, right? Do not try and connect the real life persona of an actor or an actress to who they are portraying on screen. It's there's there's it's that weird sort of like parasocial relationship that I feel that people take a little too seriously where they like feel like they deserve to be able to talk to or talk about some someone in a in a more personal level when really like we don't even know 
the person behind the microphone. We don't know the person behind the screen. They're just there putting on a performance, and we should take it as such. Yeah, and to also be fair to this uh, Kabeni Car uh, petition creator, he or she does say, while we welcome sharing on social media, please avoid slander and offensive expression beyond the scope of commentary, I guess, of Chainsaw Man, such as the denial of the director's personality. I guess basically, like, don't don't go after this person except within the scope of um, this Chainsaw Man thing. But he then, he or she then proceeds to be like this guy. To do, do, do the very same thing. This guy doesn't understand shit. Okay, he doesn't express this person or death threats or anything. That's very fair and the right thing to do. Don't do that ever. But then to then be like, yo, don't diss this person. But let me diss this person because this person doesn't know jack shit about the property that I love. Yeah, some real self-righteous shit right there. Look, again, we need to reiterate that these are, of course, opinions of a few. And it does not necessarily represent everyone else across the fandom. At the same time, yes, we should also reiterate their last point. Do not go after anybody. And that also includes the petition starter, Kobeni Carr. Do not start bombarding them, doxing them, or just doing anything that would be harmful in any matter. Because at the end of the day, we're still talking about a work of fiction. And in this space, as Jason has said, criticisms are valid. People can talk about what they want in a space where they feel comfortable. I of mean, course, we do that yeah. for a, we do that for a, a, a pseudo living now and for of two course, years. Well, yeah, and of course, like people don't are aren't always going to agree with what we say. In fact, there may be some people that feel strongly against what we say. We're not in any control whatsoever over their interpretations of what we say, and we can never alter someone's opinion based on us pleading with someone, "Please stop saying this" or "Please stop doing that." Blah 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 blah. blah. But when it comes to giving out criticisms without actually providing any substantial evidence, at that point, you're just stoking the flames of getting people to raise their pitchforks for something they don't really fully understand. So this is obviously just a small voice amongst a large crowd. Very much warranted, you know, because they can still say whatever yeah. they want. But you, you like, have your, the right. Yeah. So no problem. Absolutely. It's just kind of don't overextend is the nicest yeah, way. The I only thing it. I'm going to say is just chill out. Just, just calm down. Like there's, there's no need to, you know, get too crazy about this and just wait for the next season or next part to come out. And then afterwards, if it, if, if you feel that the consistent, the, 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 the problems you might have had from the beginning are consistently in the next part as well, then go ahead and just do another petition. Okay. Uh, Will, do you remember uh, Juna Dona from uh, Realist Rebuilt the Kingdom? Sort of, yeah. Do you like the voice, by the way? Yeah. Uh, breaking news. There is rumors that um, a certain character... Actually, wait, it's not rumor. Shit. She voices Rize. Yeah, I saw. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm upset it's not Kanahana, but hey... Hey, it's not Mia, uh, Maya Sakam- no. Sakamoto. No, but uh, no, uh, Reina Ueda, congratulations. You are one of my favorite characters in Chainsaw Man. My favorite character in Chainsaw Man. It's going to be great. All right. It's still power for me, team power. So we went off 
as expected, you know, we wanted to go on about this particular topic, this particular news, because it, it, it opens up a lot of discussion on whether, you know, fan criticisms are warranted in a space when there's really not a lot of, like, backing for what they're about to say. It's like BP6 all over again. Yeah. It really is. It's Spike's family controversy all over again. Yep. So it's not so much to say, like, Kobeni Carr or the people who signed this prediction are the bakas of the month. It's more just saying that airing out dirty laundry and throwing out like radical criticisms without actually having much of a thought process behind it, that's what the baka of the month is, really. So um, should we just leave it at that? I mean, the, the fact that we've talked about it for, like, what, like 20 minutes yeah, now? Yeah, I mean, there's so much else, but I, we, we, it's not... There's no point beating we, a dead we, horse. We, we can check back after this episode releases and then like a week or two later see how many more signatures there are on the that change.org petition. <laughs> the GAP bump is what is what is what you're saying? <sighs> oh my god. Right. Well but, I think this is a, a good time to, you know, put a little break uh, in our episode. We'll come back afterwards and then go into today's main discussion topic, which we will reveal after the break. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the second half of episode 49 of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. I am your co-host, Jason. Will is here, just chilling, looking at sound waves on our external monitor. They're beautiful sound waves. On a beautiful uh, beautiful monitor as well. Yeah, I, I quite like that kind of widescreen curved monitor. I should get one, maybe. Oh, it, it's a very good value. If you want to know like which brand, it's uh, it's the Xiaomi brand. Sure. Yeah. Only it was like, I think it was like 2300 or 2400 Hong Kong dollars, which is very cheap for like almost like 35, 36 inches curved widescreen. Um, but enough about that. Uh, have we calmed down after talking about that stupid petition to redo Chainsaw Man? Mostly. Still, you know, harboring a little hatred. But yeah, we are ready to move on from that because we are going to be introducing the first topic of season five just like the san francisco 49ers win-loss record demolishing just the 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 west why you gotta do that man (laughs) you know i'm a seahawk fan what the fuck (laughs) just like how they leave a path of destruction in their wake with a win-loss ratio of 12 to 4 we are talking about blood, gore, and violence for episode 49. Will is yeah, reeling we're, we're, in we're going seat. in on a very, very like heavy topic here. Um, didn't realize blood was going to be in this because I felt that like blood's kind of, you know, both both uh, violence and gore have blood in their hands. But um, we, oh, yeah. I, see, I see what you did there. I see what- <laughs> We're going to spend a little bit of time sort of just separating uh, each particular genre or each particular word um, because of the fact that, you know, whilst a lot of anime that we've watched, uh, at least on the edgy side of the spectrum, uh, do have both violence and gore incorporated, there actually is a bit of a distinct uh, difference between the two. So in terms of violence, um, of course, this is just, you know, going through 
different definitions, whether it's what's Merriam or whatever. Um, violence is the behavior behind the intention to hurt, kill, cause harm, etc., uh, usually but not always through physical force, whereas gore is more like the the visual side of physical violence. Um, in most cases, it would be like extremely brutal, like decapitations, disembowelments, um, the shedding of blood. Um, so, uh, yeah, some real, uh, real gritty shit. Yeah. So the good news is because this is an audio podcast, you are not going to be subjected to a lot of visual violence and gore in fact almost none in fact the violence here is just auditory exactly so um earmuffs if it's if you don't want to hear it how would you put earmuffs and headphones or earphones at the same time so in other words it doesn't work just like how sometimes violence is not the answer thank you for that segue will all right actually you ever used um ear um uh noise canceling earbuds and then put noise canceling headphones on top of that the fuck are you, are you? Is this like pit my ride exhibit? Like I've done that car before. in a car in a car? Kinda? I've done that before, dude. Your ears go into a vacuum. Like literally, it, it's it's so like noise canceling. Put it actually feels like uncomfortable, a little bit nauseous. Oh no, because it's like that quiet room, right? Yeah. No, yeah, like yeah, yeah. if it's like dead silent, it's actually like very disorienting. Because it, it fucks up with your equilibrium. Like your cortical fluids get kind of a little messed up from it. So, just like how people can get fucked up physically. Or, you know, when you see blood and gore and violence, obviously it's a very uh, integral part of media nowadays, whether it is real or in fictional kind of properties, live action or animated. And of course, because this is, as you know, the Good Anime Palette podcast, we decided to, of course, bring it from an anime perspective, obviously including manga sometimes, as well as maybe some visual novelly the visually novelly novelly type yeah. of thing now of course you know we're still going to be making reference to either well you know live action uh, movies or live action series um hopefully we don't ever have to you know reference any like real life instances of life of, of violence and gore and um, we also do not condone, promote yeah. or condone any of this kind of act guys yeah if it's on the 2d plane we good that's essentially what I'm saying. Yep. So going back on to, you know, why we wanted to separate the definitions of violence and gore, uh, much in the same way it's, you know, when we're talking about, like, suspense and horror, right? A lot of times, like, some series put those two together, but they're not, like, they're, they're, they're never always, like, fully connected. Like, you, it, it, you can easily have one without the other. So it's like you can't have – you, you can have – Violence without gore, but more often than not, you can't have gore without violence. Right. And gore is kind of a very... For example, like, for argument's sake, if you want to be very pedantic about it, a surgical video or watching someone operating and being a surgeon, yes, blood is shed. So by definition, that is, in a way, gore. Shedding blood, yeah. But for a media an anime perspective or any other kind of property uh kind of creative works gore implies bad shit happens yep it's 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 a subgenre within like the idea of like 
horror, right? So do you, I think the the term was mostly like coined at least within media in like the fifties when you had like splatterhouse movies, like or, or like you it's know, like grindhouse cinema that kind like, of thing like too. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be a gore, would be a gore, right? Right, like um, Saw would be gore, Hostels gore, Final Destination, all and, that stuff. And I think one of the things that Will and I kind of have a soft spot for is the horror genre and the fact that gore is now sometimes synonymous with being horror kind of put it, put us off quite a bit not yeah. saying that all of them are bad but, but what, what is your take in terms of like gore like you and i are both you know horror aficionados though a lot of times horror is not done that well but with respect to gore like is that something that you appreciate do you like watching gore movies or like that kind of like splatter horror or is it something for you feel it's like most of the time it's comical overdone because like for me i i i don't like gore gore is gore is not necessarily something that i very much enjoy in the sense that it gets overdone but if it's like perfectly tuned in the sense that it's supposed to sort of um like, like provide a crescendo to a a violent situation or as like that that final piece in like that suspenseful silence then it, it can be very effective in trying to instill horror in you. But a lot of times I feel that you kind of just turn it to like 11, like way past 10, and it just ends up being like a visual mess. Yeah, like literally a visual mess and also maybe from being a good uh, media, right? Yeah. So I think that gore is overdone as well. Things like Final Destination, Saw, okay, there are live action stuff. Yeah. But they're meant to shock you with just depravity essentially but it becomes like so like comical at times that it's desensitizing and and, and in fact like you know it's those movies that now we've coined the term like torture porn yeah and i don't like those types i hate those words put together yeah it's just not nice those two words put together just implies a bunch of bullshit but like if you were to say oh you don't watch some torture porn one stay away from me and two no that sounds like an absolutely terrible time please stay away from me i have yet to find someone who has said to me these exact words and please please don't say these words to me yeah hostile is my favorite movie of all time but you do hear people that say like the Saw franchise is their favorite franchise well, well, of all time. Well, Saw one I and would, maybe I would, two. I would was, never be able to watch Saw. Well, for me personally, Saw one and two are here is like the pinnacle, and it just goes downhill from there. Yeah, and, much like how I feel like after Final Destination two, it just goes downhill from there. Right, and it is very. Uh, I wouldn't say desensitizing because I'm already desensitized just due to the fact that I work in the biomedical industry. Yeah, I I. I I'm not afraid of like needles and scalpels because I actually have to use them. At that's so, at that's the exact points. reason why I can't watch Saw because there's a scene where someone yeah, pulls yeah, into uh, a, a yeah, bit of yeah, needles. Yeah, yeah. I remember that scene. That scene is in I Saw 2. I can't watch that. So, I mean, it was like cringy, but not because of embarrassment. Cringy as in like, oh my God. But I think that anime is quite weird in that because it is animated, because obviously it's fictional because it's animated the liberties of how far you can go in terms of exaggeration, excessiveness, just what happens to those characters or things in anime 
is whatever is up to the animators and creators and directors' desires. Yeah. So they also work with a wide spectrum of like creative freedom as well. Like, look, as much as we, I personally don't like watching gore, I understand that it exists as a medium for people to enjoy because in real life, nobody enjoys violence. Nobody enjoys gore. Nobody wants to see like real life violence happening in front of them. Well, at least we hope so. I, I hope, yeah, right? Like the, the norm would be that you want to like you know, avert your attention towards like real acts of violence and gore. But when you watch it from a like a, a fictional perspective, it allows for you to have a more safe space to experience the extreme because you know that whatever's happening on screen is not happening to you directly. It's in the same way why people like watching horror. Nobody wants to go- walk into like an abandoned like, ghost house or into like some real dangerous shit and put or, them in some or, or get chased by serial killers. Like yeah. that shit ain't in real life is not a good time. But when you're watching it, it it allows for you to experience it from a distance. You know like a that thrill, right? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of times as well, like with horror, like I I used to like watching horror in both settings of either on my own or with a group of people because when it's alone it heightens your it heightens the suspense it heightens that 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 fight or flight feeling in you and it can actually like enhance your experience of the movie on the other hand we're watching with a group of people it's in a way kind of like a bonding experience because you're all scared together but you're all together to persevere and get from the beginning of the movie all the way through to the end i think the quantity of gore is you know, going off of that discussion of it can be excessive, in my opinion, it doesn't have to even be present to have what I guess you would say either a horrific or violent outcome. Again, because violence is mainly through physical force, and at least it is in a lot of cases. Not always. It's not always, right? You know, just like there's physical trauma, there's mental trauma. And I think one of the best ways to distill it is the tagline for one of I guess a Japanese uh, cosmetic company. Yeah. Uh, Remember though that when we say the word violence itself, it is like the it's the mindset or the behavior. When you're talking about the 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 actual visual, visual or visible outcome, that would be like the acts of violence or like violent behavior that is overt and actually like like you can actually see it with your own eyes or you can feel it in your skin as well. So. In her, in terms of like visual violence, yeah, like that, that gets a little bit more sort of interesting for me as opposed to like visual gore, right? So, anyways, the 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 thing I was trying to get at before, um, you made actually that very good point is um, Fankel House. You heard of them? Yeah. Less is more. I really do believe that when blood is shed, like first blood, you know, that kind of thing, because there was a lack of you know, blood appearance or violence and that build up, that tension, and then that release of the first sight of yeah, essentially the, that, gore. That extreme like visual signal. Right exactly, there, yeah. right? Like, it, because, come on, blood is in our veins, literally. It is not hard to imagine if you were to get injured in any capacity, how painful that could feel. Or at least you would be like, oh, wow, if I get a paper cut and it feels like this, imagine if it, you know, was worse. And I'm going to reference a, sh- uh, a manga, actually, Will, that we mentioned in Episode 8, which is our horror episode. 
Have you kept up with Blood on the Tracks, bro? Not so much. Not since, um, well, actually, I, I can't say because that, that would be spoiler as fuck. Um, but that is a fantastic, fantastic, violent manga. Violent in the sense of the psychology and the behavior behind specific characters. And whilst there aren't always like like actual vis- like visual elements of that violence... It festers like within you. It festers in the background because it slowly builds up to it. That when it reaches that crescendo and you get that release, you're like, "Wow, that was perfectly paced. It was well put together, and it was absolutely horrifying." And it really fucks up. It, fu- it fucks up like your 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 idea of like no it, no. It just fucks you up. Yeah, yeah. And just because like there is in the in blood on the tracks, very little blood has shed. Ever so, there's technically zero to no gore outside of like the occasional nosebleed or a yeah. scratch, right? But in in terms of like a copious amount of blood, it's not very often. It's also extremely, extremely horrific and just uneasy and uncomfortable. But violence, I think, also when we say that less is more and not showing blood can be more effective. So, I think the other thing is when you do not show what happened, you know, during or before, so you only saw what happened after, your mind automatically tries to connect the dots to think of what has happened. So, for example, you know, Will, I come back from grabbing lunch. You open the door, and I'm, like, just bleeding everywhere. Or, like, I lost an arm. Yes, that was extremely, you can say not gory even though maybe there was blood dripping so i guess that's gory but when you had to figure out what the fuck happened in between it could be literally nothing or everything but you as the visual person tries to fill in the blank when it may not be that reality whatsoever and i feel that in anime and manga they have a lot of like nods i guess they have a lot of scenes. Sometimes they just don't show you and you're just like, bro, that door got closed. But you know, you know that person ain't coming out. Or you know some shit went down. You heard some noises. In fact, if anything, I think sound design in anime is so, so important. And it's just crazy. Well, I mean, there, there's always that cliche like violin crescendo. When it's like quiet and all of a sudden, let's say someone just walks across the screen and then there's like an accompanying little violent jing. Yeah, or like, or like a repeating sound, like yeah. just a knock, a knock, or like a, a like a splatter or something. It's just so like, oh, it's, it's just spine chill. tingling, it's chilling, it literally gives you loose, like goosebumps. So, like, we, we definitely try and like enjoy violent and gory movies in the sense that everything comes together in a neat package so it's like having a little bit of this a little bit of that and when you put it all together it creates like the perfect kind of like chilling moment that really resonates with you on the inverse though when we were talking about how less is more when there's too much blood when there's too much violence at that point like it, it it breaks your immersion it breaks that sense of you being able to actually immerse yourself into the movie and then it more often than not just comes off as cheesy it comes off as comical it's and sometimes yeah. it's by design right yeah so 
if if you as you know an anime uh, watcher as well as a listener to the podcast, you would be like, "Hey, guys, Will, Jason, I get what you're saying, but horror, I'm not that into." So can you give me something else? Absolutely. Right now I will. Probably the most well-known genre within anime is the shonen battle genre, right? How much blood has been shed, like, in terms of quantity? Hella. Hella. But also, in certain cases, people get beaten up and no blood has been shed. So it's kind of like this weird area where there is both spectrums within the shonen, um, you know, uh, genre and... It's all about fights. It's all about violence. Yeah. Maybe not always about gore, but some people get messed up. There should be a lot of blood, I guess, but they don't because it's kind of like this PG kind of area because then it's not seinen, which is for mature audience, like Tokyo Ghoul, which is a whole other can of worms that we will definitely get into. Funny enough, actually, now that you brought up Tokyo Ghoul as well, there is one thing. I think like it's not within our official notes, but there there is something that I kind of want to have a discussion with you in terms of the separation of gore and body horror, because you could easily, you could, you could easily like say like, Oh, like any of the Jinji Ito shit, right? Like, would you say it's gore? No, I know there there is a distinction between it's like pet shop of horrors. That's not gore. That's body horror. It's a pet shop. Right. So of, of, of horror, it's a horrific pet shop. (laughs) Yeah. You would say, but then it's like, whenever you see like, People that are morphing into slugs, or you've got like like chest bursters coming out of your body and all that. Like, yes, it is extreme like visual violence, but at the same time, that's not, at least by my definition, gore. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, there is a difference between sort of like the dictionary definition and your own personal like tolerance or definition of what is considered what. Right. I mean the whole point of what is considered horror or not within that one episode, episode eight that we did was about the fact that everyone has different barometers and different understandings and expectations. So So it's easy for someone to put the two on the same pedestal. And then there's also enough space for people to be like, no, like keep those two as far apart as possible. So we have talked about how violence and gore in anime is sometimes overdone, overused, but when it becomes the cornerstone, the point of it all, it begs the question, in my opinion, uh, dependent on the director, storyboarder, to make it so that the gore's purpose, the violence purpose, is as intended. Because, as you said, Will, when it becomes excessive, it can either be excessive in terms of like, bro, that's fucked up, or bro, that was fucking lame as shit. Yeah. So... Inuyashiki, Last Hero, is an anime that I don't like at all. Uh, I'll just <laughs> you say said that many times. Yeah. I, I'll just say that again. I don't like it at all. But one thing that I do give credit for is kind of how no emotions is put behind the violence. It just happens, which is part of like the whole Gantz thing as well, which is done by that um, the same creator. And the whole thing of, well, violence seems so meaningless, yet people die by the truckloads uh blood is shed by the bucket loads so what's the point and guess what that is the point the fact that it's it's playing it's, god it's, it's mindless it's meaningless it's, yeah and that and then that is like don't look for any further like meaning 
other than the fact that there is no meaning. That's the whole point. Yeah. So I will always give Inuyashiki Last Hero credit for that. It's just not your cup of tea. Yeah, I just think it's a really shitty anime. Well, you still gave it a seven, though. I still gave it a seven, <laughs> though. Yeah, I knew you'd say that, bro. I fucking knew you'd say that. But let's take when it goes violence and gore to the extreme, but it was effective. Using it as more of like, like, as a means to like really highlight something. Like when you when you want you really want to use like extreme violence and gore as like the main artistic point of your of your medium, whether it be anime, manga, or whatever else. Um, you we talk have about, a lot this yeah. season, actually. You want to talk about Chainsaw Man? Fucking bro, let's rev this discussion up, my man. Right. So in the beginning of this episode, when we were talking about our news, and you were saying that there's like a relatively like was it like a, a dull palette mm-hmm. um, but, yeah but the main reason for that is because like for example if you look at the if you look at the the poster at least on uh my enemy list it's denji as chainsaw man and a lot of the background foreground it's mostly white gray black like he's wearing black slacks wearing a white shirt the buildings are all white the rubble's all gray but the main color you see is red which is the blood that's on his face the blood that's on the chainsaw blades the blood that's splattered on the ground in a sense, we were saying that like more blood doesn't necessarily make something better. In the event of watching Chainsaw Man or even reading the manga, it works wonderfully because that is like the center point. I mean, dude, the guy is literally called Chainsaw Man. The whole point of this manga, this anime, is that it is violent as fuck. And therefore, using that red blood to symbolize the amount of violence there is in there, it kind of works perfectly yeah i think the color contrast between essentially the color of blood red in this case because it's not alien blood or whatever uh, let's just say human monster blood in this case is going to be red unless specified otherwise when you contrast it with a bland kind of appearance outside of the violence as well as all the main characters wearing suits which has a white shirt black tie so of course red on top of that is extremely pronounced like you can't miss it essentially i think one of the things that you will hear at least two three times within this episode is white dress soaked in red i think will might know roughly what i'm talking about yeah and it is just because the before and the after is so extreme White is white is pure. It's clean, mm-hmm. but then it's sullied and dirtied by blood. a gruesome amount of blood. Yeah, and look, for better or for worse, blood, violence, and gore, in a way, is very glorified comparatively to other themes. Right? Yeah. There's. I mean, there's. In the end, it's like nobody wants like gore or violence in their lives. Yet, why are these particular genres? so popular it's because like we don't want to experience it firsthand we'd rather see it from the safe space of our own homes so be to be able to experience that extreme set set of emotions without actually suffering the consequences of it i think that that's where the level of appreciation for this type of genre comes from yeah and i think this can't this like very sharp extreme contrast in my opinion, again, this is my own opinion and speculation, is very indicative of the sort of 
passive sameness in Japanese culture. I think in general, uh, a lot of people when they hear Japan or anime, their mind tends to go to the most fucked up places for oh, some yeah. reason. Oh yeah. And to be fair to a lot of those people, you're right. Japan has a lot of fucked up shit. But there's a lot more to Japan than just the fucked up shit, right? Right. But then, I mean, when you go to Japan, when you understand the culture, you'll be like, but that doesn't make sense because these people seem, you know, very value principle oriented, very by the books in general speaking. And also don't advocate or condone violence of any sort more so than you know compared to other cultures also like they're passive they're very docile okay i'm being I'm, I'm really generalizing here but you will admit will that that is sort of the japanese way right yeah, and the only times when you really see like those instances of extreme violence and gore it's because those are like headline news much in the same way where like you the talk- bad kind yeah I mean, you could say the same thing about a lot of different places in the world, but that's not always going to be fully representative of those places in the world. But I have to tell you, just Junji Ito alone is just... Or just Chainsaw Man. How about that? Jujutsu Kaisen. We're mentioning all these series that, if you think about it, are done... Like, you would think, like, bro, this person, creator, story, you know writer and artist is fucking messed up yeah maybe they are maybe they're not but then when you meet the person it's probably like yo what's up yeah they're not they're not that unhinged right right? but but the things that they write and draw though yeah so like so we talked about you know blood gore and violence in the sense of horror or suspense the blood blood gore and violence in the sense of highlighting action and just crazy like wacky shit how about blood violence and gore in the way of highlighting comedy. Bro. Bro. Again, fall 2022 was lit, right? Yeah. So, But before I get to that. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you watched The Simpsons, right? Yeah, not not for a while. It kind of got it went downhill. But Cat and yeah. Mouse, do you remember yeah. those two characters? What are they called? Itchy and Scratchy. Absolutely. Um, I had to think about that. Yeah. Have you heard of Mad Magazine yep. growing up? What was... Oh, I don't remember anything. Oh, Spy versus Spy. The yeah. red and uh, black spy. I mean, the white and black spy, and they kind of do kind of comical... Man, that's some old school shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm dragging us back in time, bro. You ready for the third one? Happy Tree Friends. Oh, man. Happy Tree Friends. <laughs> when... Blood and gore and violence gets to the extreme, and even past to the point of shocking you and like fight or flight response. The third response is just acceptance. There, how yeah. the fuck did we get here? And then you just laugh because that's really well. I think it's because of the fact that there's so many extremes of like that blood, that gore, that blood, that violence that it just normalizes it for you. That it's like okay, this is what is deemed like normal in this sense. So I guess the only way is up from here now. Therefore you would then look into other aspects of that particular medium, whether it's an anime, a manga, a comic, a TV show, whatever. So in the anime though, Akiba made wars is the, the series that will was alluding to earlier in terms of fall 2022 uh, premieres. 
It's not. My it's, God. It's not quite like Happy Tree Friends, and that is. Oh just, no! It's, it's just senseless violence and gore. But it is like you would not expect that level of blood violence and gore, and they do it so comically that actually, when we were shitting on like how gory films nowadays like become torture porn, this is not it. Akiba Mate War actually does it very artistically. The first episode by itself, the, the first five five minutes, minutes yeah. really dictates just how crazy violent and gore is pushed in this series. And by the way, done fantastically. There is near there's a I'll just say a choreography scene at towards the end of the first episode. And if your response is I, interestingly enough, not like this fuck yeah, this is crazy, fucking hilarious type shit, then that, in my opinion, is not necessarily the right response. You know how, like, we, we, we usually, like, say, give a series, like, two to three episodes, and if you yeah, like it... Yeah, the three-episode rule, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give yourself five minutes of Akiba Made War, and if you like what you see, then you're gonna like, then you're love the rest of it. If you hate those five minutes then the rest of it is not for you. It's like, uh, I tried to explain to someone, I was like, uh, one of my favorite series is Gurren Lagann. Top one, number one of all time. Tengen Topen Gurren Lagann. One of the things I like about it, and I'm sure, well, it's not your top, like top, top, but it's it's definitely on that list, right? They, you would think they would go one direction and they get there and you're like, okay, what's next? And then they were like, nah, bro. That ain't the ceiling. That's just the ceiling of the first floor. Yeah. So let's go to the second floor. And you're like, okay, uh, you fool me once, fine. But you won't do it a second time, right, Will? Yeah. I think, and, I, I think the, the, the... And the Keeper Main yeah. Wars do that, essentially. I think if if I was to make like a, a, a live action comparison to it, do you like Death Proof? From Dar- Tarantino. Oh, the car, the car one. If you like that, Grindhouse is the yeah. No, Plant Horror was Plant Horror and Death Proof was Grindhouse. It yeah. was like two movies. If two- you like Death Proof, you'll probably like Akiba Mate War. Not in the sense that there's like that, that comedy, but it's, it's it's just the fact that like you accept the level of violence there is in these particular series. So therefore, you're just going to appreciate everything else because the violence is just norm. Will Quentin Tarantino cannot fix fucking everything? Okay, I don't think just he needs, because he, they want Chainsaw he, Man. He wouldn't. He wouldn't need to fix Akiba. He probably likes watching Akiba Me War. Actually, like legit, no joke. I think he would. He would be on board right? with Akiba Me Wars. He'll be like, dude, why didn't I think of this shit? This was. This is dope, bro. Like legit. Like I really do think that. Right. So. I really like Akiba Made Wars. It really amps it to 11, but being able to stick the landing, double, triple down, and still win when you bet against the house, in my opinion, is... That's why I understand the score is not that high, though. Yeah. Because... It's not everyone's cup of tea. It's not everyone's cup of tea. And I don't mean it like, oh, you can't stand blood, then you're a fucking pussy, or this is not for you. I mean, like, if you're not into it, like... There is just no in-between no, area. There's no way to convince you to yeah. appreciate it. And and I won't fault you for that either. But if it is your cup of tea, bro, this is the way to go. Because the sheer absurdity of it all is so fantastic. Yep. So, Akiba Mate War, known in Japanese as Akiba Mate Senso, is an anime original 
not based on a manga, not based on a visual novel, not based on a light novel. It is all original, produced by PA Works, directed by Seiji Masui, and written by Yoshihiro Ike. I'm not going to go over the mouse stats because the mouse stats are good. So take a word for it. Yeah, they're above mid, as Will would say. They're way above mid. Way above mid. What is mid? Mid would be oh like, no no like, no that's a discussion yeah, bro right? we, we had that discussion yeah, already you, you got to go back to listen to our BPs yeah 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 but right. um it's just fucking fantastic if you want something that is fresh hot off the presses this is as close to everything is done but new as you can get so I think Akiba Made Wars is really deserving of your attention is it in the end. A ten out of ten or a nine out of ten. Oh no, it's flawed as fuck. No, it's, it, 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 it's a full eight. It's a full comfortable eight for me. It's not seven five. It's an eight. That's it. Yeah, but again, it could be a seven for someone else. It could be a six. It could be a a ten. Or if you really want to advocate for it, it could be an eleven. Whatever. Whoa, right? we're, pushing we're not, the envelope, yeah, bro. We're not, we're not going to judge you if you really love it or really hate it. So. Well, what what are we what are we where are we going next on, think, on this on this gore fest violent journey of carnage? Well, okay. One thing I did notice more recently is especially when it comes to the level of gore that it's relatively censored nowadays. It's not as like on screen. You don't really see as much like extreme like visual violence on uh, in anime compared to a lot of the series that came out in the 80s and the 90s like we're talking like genocyber we're talking like um ninja scroll i think akira also is kind of especially when you mix in like body horror yeah, 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 with yeah, cyberpunk yeah, yeah. it's very reminiscent of fucked up violence back in the day i think I mean, you even need to go. Was it Berserk? That was also really fucked up, actually. The 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 adaptation the, in the eighties, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was. I mean, the fact that the the tags on my name list are gore and violence, like, and that's it. That's it. But sometimes modern iterations of an old property, as Will would tell you now, can sometimes be an enhancement, and all you can do is weep. At the fact that Masaki Yuasa decided to bestow upon us probably one of the craziest roller coaster violent rides I have seen in a long time. Will I? I I'll always have a soft spot for Devilman Crybaby. It's probably hmm, would I say it's my favorite? Isaac Hands up there, but if 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 it was just for me to say like if I was say like a pivotal work that came out of Sansaru by Masaki Yuasa, Devilman Crybaby is my go-to. January 5th, 2018, exclusive on Netflix. I think it was one of their more earlier exclusives, like right out the gate, along the same, around the same time as Violet Evergarden, but afterwards, right? Yep. So January 5th, 2018 was when it premiered. Uh, and uh, what, yeah. 10 episodes, I think. I think so. Yeah, I think ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all you really need because any more, like, you're just gonna feel so empty after watching it. So um, I have not finished all of it. I just remember because at first I was I was telling Will like, oh yeah, I should binge it before we record. And then once I realized that maybe I'd not be able to binge all of it, I decided to not binge any of it other than what I remember because I did watch a couple of episodes back in the day, and I was like, why don't I jot down what I remember? So, Will, 
if you will. You know. Oh, spoilers ahead, of course. There is a meme involving running, right? In mm-hmm. Devil May Cry Baby. That's infamous, right? So that's one thing I remember. Yeah. The second thing I remember, which I think is in the first episode, it is in a nightclub. Yep. And what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then what the fuck? Okay. Then the third thing is I'm pretty sure that's where my uh like my memory of the white dress black then stained in red uh white dress stained in red, sorry, is uh that's where I remember that from. Man, like even just thinking back on the specific scenes of this series. I mean, I, the last time I watched it was 3 years ago, but like I still vividly remember specific gory and violent scenes that like me thinking back on it now it still like gives me chills yeah and of course will and i spent a good amount of time kind of shitting on gore and violence being overused or being excessive but in devil man cry baby it was utilized in such a way that it was i guess using buzzwords here memorable and impactful because Literally, those are the three things I remembered, and I've not watched it since the like, at least a year and a half back. Will has not watched it since like what three years? So really, when those kinds of images or scenes stand out, that is when you realize that hey, just maybe they did violence and gore right, you know, like and in terms of like it was in a good use of it like it wasn't just done for the sake of whatever the level of violence and gore for me it wasn't like shocking what it was was emotionally distressing like it oh had... that's when you that's when you you cut deep bro. yeah right yeah. like when you when i saw what happened on screen at that point i was just like at a loss it really fucked me up after seeing like specific scenes in that series and Look, I know like it's been a while since you've watched a very long time since you've watched it, and whether or not you are going to complete it, that's uh, I definitely much up to you. will. Um, one thing I do remember about that nightclub, though, is a gratuitous, and I'm I'm using that word explicit. I'm using exactly that gratuitous amount of violence and sex. Yep, and I think maybe this is like a weird segue, but the fact that Devilman Crybaby utilizes both violence and nudity and gore in a way that I feel was not only kind of messed up artistic in a positive sense, but also be able to just, oh, it's not just I have tits and guns and blood and then... And monsters. And then cashed in my check and called it a day. No, no, no. Like, it was used as a tool to be able to tell a story and convey, you know, symbolism and whatnot and all that stuff. Like And heighten your senses as well. Yeah. And I don't I think the whole double standard of blood and gore versus nudity stuff, like that's that's like been overdone and over discussed by people that have way more qualifications and knowledge than I do. But it's also in anime and manga as well. Yeah. You know? the, the the in terms of like and this is not necessarily a deep dive because I don't know enough about the laws and regulations, but like censorship in, in Japan is a kind of weird space. It's a very weird space. I mean, for example, like when we talk about all these different 
shows that have extreme violence, particularly like Devilman Crybaby, note that it was released as a Netflix exclusive. It wasn't like running on the air on like nighttime TV for children to watch. So you know how a while ago we were doing um, that BP episode about um, what kind of genres define specific decades and oh, how, yeah, you're, the saying, Isekai and how you're saying that maybe like getting more seinen mm-hmm. right but then of course we talk about how there might be like censorship rules or there might be like like like, like rating organizations um whatever the equivalent may be for uh for for tv and media um it would be a bit of an issue to actually get them broadcast live in Japan for you know regular cable TV. I think video games they use Zero. Zero computer Zero. entertainment rating organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. that one has like a very very extensive list on the criteria it needs to meet in order to get a specific rating. In fact, like let's say for example, whatever rating it is, where it's like, oh, there's extreme adult material. You have to be 17 and up. They even have what there's there's one which is for 17 and up and, and AO and 18 for an up. Yeah, and then like depending on what kind of censorship there is, they'll actually have different icons. So it's like, oh, if there's violence, there's a gun. If there's drugs, there's a pill. If there is like something else, there's like a different like animal or image to represent that. It's actually kind of hilarious. Yeah, because in a way you're telling people be careful, but in another way you're also telling people, yo, if this is what you're into. If you, uh, if you want to see some like. Bat shit, crazy stuff. There will be a symbol of bat and shit on the on the on the box. I mean, of course, I'm I'm just and, 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 and it could be crazy, but that's up to you. So yeah, I know. And rating systems does play a factor into the amount of violence and gore that can be shown yeah. in the property. Right? It's it's a very fine line. Like um, this is actually a, a video game reference. I forgot what I think it's called Calypso Protocol or Calypso something. It's a spiritual successor to Dead Space. Oh, I, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It yeah. won't be released in Japan because they weren't able to meet a specific um, censorship rating because of how violent the game is. Uh, so that's where, like, the level of, like, f- like gray area censorship we're talking about here. And th- therefore, I'm not going to dive deep into it because I don't know enough about it. Same thing with etchy shows, right? I, and I know I w- this is the whole point of blood and gore is not nudity, right? But just like how there, we, Will and I just, like, lampoon the shit out of all these censorship stuff that are broadcast on Japanese TV, by the way. They have the uncensored version released probably on Blu-ray or somewhere. You are able to see the violence as intended comparatively to the broadcast because they have to maybe shade things out when yeah, it comes like, to violence. Um, like Akadama Drive. That's yeah. I that's the uh yeah, that's exactly sort of the example that we wrote. Yeah, yeah. So it goes Will and I love Akudama Drive. I love the shit of it. Yeah. The uncensored version is just as crazy, but now you see it in all of its glory. It's kind of it's kind of sick, dude. Back in the day, though, it was a little bit more like Wild Wild West about it. Like, you could put anything on the air and it would be fine. Like, in terms of the level of violence. Like, for example, like, Fist of the North Star was fucking violent as shit. And they put everything on air. But that, I guess, like, you know, the censorship laws weren't as refined back then. Um, I guess it might even be time to maybe talk about another series that came out in the early 2000s, Elfin Lead. Oh, okay. We're going to go that direction. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Like, Elfin Lee, like, if you compare it to the level of violence in anime and manga that we see nowadays, especially on screen, because usually for me, it's like, at least what I've come to know is the manga tend to be a lot more violent and gory 
than the anime most of the time. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. it's the, sometimes and, the inverse. And then sometimes the novel, the words, yeah. are way more intense than the manga adaptation, and then way more, way less intense in the anime adaptation, and then obviously way less intense in the live action anime adaptation. But yes, will Elfin Lead is the example of oh, you thought the manga was gory? Watch this. Holy fuck, the anime is crazy. Holy shit. Just some background information as well. Based on the same name, written and drawn by Lin Okamoto, published in English by Dark Horse Comics, the anime was produced by ARMS back in summer 2004. Um, the manga and the anime scores are relatively similar. 7.8 and 7.4, yeah. But the level of violence and gore are incomparable. Holy fuck. Elfin Lead is so fucked up. Holy shit. I... The... I Much in the same way we were saying, like, you only need to watch a few minutes of Akiba Mate Ward to know uh, whether you like it or not. You only need to watch a few minutes of Elfin Lead to know if you are okay with fucked up or extremely fucked up. Like, I was watching it. I didn't even know there was a story. I, I didn't even know what the plot of Elfin Lead is. <laughs> there's a girl, pink kinda hair, split personality, kind of not in like a cryo chamber, government stuff, and then all of a sudden the screen is red. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so like look. This is obviously the the more blood is great, not the less is more conversation here because Abs- Elfin Lee, Elfin Lee is fucking insane. I think you I don't even I don't even know where to begin. I know we wrote this down that we're gonna mention and we absolutely have to. I, I, I just don't know what else to say other than bro, she if she was put to her like you know, like trialed for her crime, so to speak, like anime jail kind of thing, like greatest of all time, infamous of all time, no one will ever be beat her in terms of just sheer amount of carnage sure you might say well this person in this anime killed more people or did more egregious things sure fine i'm not trying to compare fictitious people against other fictitious people but what i'm trying to tell you is just the sheer just you cannot say elfin lead and not mention blood gore and violence it's it's the three main ingredients for Elfin lead. Oh, plus plus pink haired girl. Yeah, there you go. Which is the embodiment of blood, gore, and violence in a lot of anime and manga series. Because that's the yandere color. But yes, and just, and just to be clear, the main character in Elfin lead is not a yandere. She's just fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a there's a fine line between being a yandere and being crazy. Well, I mean, most yandere's are crazy, but no, this 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 woman is fucking insane. Holy shit. I think of all the shows that we talked about, Elfin Lead is probably the one where you just don't know what to do with it. Violence and gore are the name of the game. Yeah, you. It, I wouldn't say it's good. I wouldn't say it's bad. But again, you can't have it not discussed in yeah. conjunction with blood, gore, and violence. Like, I would. I would say, like in terms of the series we've already recommended or are about to recommend. Elfin Lead is 
like the literal epitome of blood, gore, and violence. Yeah, like some do it for comedic effects, some do it poorly, some do it for the sake of showing power. Elfin lead just does it because it's elfin lead. I don't know what else to say about that particular point. And if it works for you, then wonderful. We're glad we could recommend it to you. And it's good in that sense for sure. It's, like it, it's it, it does it does its job. You know, this purpose, right? so to speak. Blood, right? violence, and gore for the purpose of blood, violence, and gore. Uh, I would say S S tier. Yeah. For for that one category. The anime itself? It's like a C plus, B minus. But it, if it, you just want to see like some incredibly violent and gory shit and you can find like artistic appreciation out of it, then great. There you go. I'm telling you right now. If you watch Elfin Lead and you happen to also be a co-host of the Good Anime Palette podcast, the Guys Let Me Explain award, this would be a prime winner, no contest where... Pretty much locked in now. It's locked in, bro. It's, it's the way it is. Okay. The other one that's <laughs> less fucked up, but has also a lot of blood and gore and violence, which again is also based off of a very old property... Is Parasite the Maxim, Ooh, okay. based off of the manga Parasite by Hitoshi Iwaki, who did the story and the art, published in English by Kodansha USA, produced by Madhouse. Yay, Madhouse. And premiered in fall 2014. Now, I think there's also a prequel of sorts, called, a manga prequel called Parasite Neo or something like that. Which I haven't read. I don't even know if it's in English, actually. It is, it is. Oh, it is, is. okay. Um, Mal's manga score of... 8.39. That's fucking high as shit. And the anime score of 8.34. Like literally, like they're on ranked the same 200 thing. for sure. They're, they're they're both they're both ranked on the cusp of 200. Popularity is a little bit different, but I mean, manga don't tend to get a lot of users on mailing list. We talked about that before. But with with Parasite, did you watch the anime or did you read the manga? I watched the anime, never touched a page of the manga. I, and you did the inverse, yes, right? Yes, I read every single chapter of the manga but never watched a single episode of the anime. Man, that anime is good. 9 out of 10. That manga... Did, did, I, get a nine, did I give it a 9 out of 10? The like, manga is gorgeous, but it is, like, violent. Is it, like, beautiful. Junji Ito gorgeous, right? Like, oh, as in, it, as, it, as, as it, in it's, like... It's not, I mean, it's... It's it's uh, it, it's not, like... Like, when you say gorgeous, to, you mean, like... It's, it, it's, you can marvel at it, but... Bro, like, don't look too long because you might go insane type shit. When you can, like, draw, like, the th- like a, a, a very, very thin line, and that's supposed to be a shred of skin that's coming off of your body. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That, that's what I'm talking oh, about there. God damn it, Will. Why do you have to do that to me right now? That, that's what I'm talking about in terms of the, the manga. Now, the anime I've heard, like... Because in the end, there has to be a little bit of censorship. It can't be, like, completely fucked up. That's why I was saying how most of the time the manga adaptations and the manga original sources uh, are more violent and it has to be condensed a little bit uh, to put on screen. But it will still, like, have those hallmarks of violence. I felt, From what I've heard, Maxim actually contains, like, 90 to 95% of the violence and gore that's seen in the manga. It's fucked, yo. Like, I, I, uh. shout out to all the mums, by the way, because uh, I've still not come across a lot of these like really violent anime and manga where the mum gets good treatment because holy shit, like, um, yeah, maybe that's why a lot of like manga and anime protagonists don't have uh, parents or only have one parent. 
I'm going to avoid that discussion and tell you how I feel about Parasite the Maxim. It is extremely violent. Duh, no shit, Jason. Thank you for that uh, enlightening piece of information. But when you mix in Junji Ito body horror, yeah, and when you sort of, when there is an adversary that causes violence, that A, does it for the sake of survival, and B, shows things that are obviously inhuman. Because that's the whole point of Parasite. Um, it's about kind of like this alien organism that can mimic like humans, but obviously they can move and do things that are not like humans. And A lot of times as well, when it comes to like body horror, like whenever like things get a little bit more action-focused, it can be a bit messy. But Parasite seems to blend in amazing like martial art choreography with insane body horror. Like it meshes really, really well, and I've yet to see a lot of series that do it quite well. I just feel that Parasite the Maxim, the anime at least, is a very logical anime. Meaning that if you for if it's even possible to say this, if you were placed in that situation, would you do what was portrayed in the anime? No, I would say no. yes, actually. Oh. I would say almost universally, if you were that person in that position, you will likely do those things. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, when your fight or flight response kicks in, then yeah, I guess you would default to that. Yeah, and it's just really... Also, one thing I like about the anime is it doesn't necessarily end definitively in the sense that, like, oh, maybe, like, in the manga there's more content... But they ended on such a note that if that was the actual ending of the anime, which there's no Parasite the Maxim 2, um, it, it's fine. Yeah. And I like that because within that chunk, it was complete. People had their beginning, middle, and end. You got your fill of blood and gore. Plenty of it, in fact. You might be full from it. and uh, it, has a, it has a conclusion, but it doesn't have a resolution. Right? It is in the sense that, like... What was the main conflict has ended, but the world is still really fucked up. Yeah, I mean, as in, like, yes, they didn't address potentially all of the things yeah. that would affect the world at the very last minute when it when the anime ended. But, but for all intents yeah. and purposes, it was an ending. You at, know, at least the main character can breathe a little bit and maybe relax. But it, um, it was just really good. They really go to some places that. Man, actually now, Fucking yeah. Actually now, what? thinking back on the last couple of chapters of the manga, holy fuck, that was. Oof. And here's the best part, Will, and I'm not necessarily spoiling anything about this. The last parts of the anime doesn't actually have a lot of blood. No, not at all. In fact, I think the last episode there is a little bit of blood, like very little. But it's to when it's sort of like the climax, and now it's the resolution. But is just as fucked up, but in a different sense. In a way, the the absence of blood is actually very unsettling. Yeah, because you just spent fucking forever bathing in it, and then now you're not, and you're just like... Like, you spend a whole manga series, a whole anime series, just chopping people up and killing people, and all of a sudden, like, there are parts where nothing's going on. You're like, oh, this is fucked up. Yeah. I think, other than... Devilman Crybaby, which 
I exclude because it's a Netflix original, so it was never broadcasted. If we discount old school stuff or, for example, anything pre-Elfin Lead, Parasite the Maxim in the 2000-ish onwards is probably the most violent, gory show I have watched that is also really good. Yeah, 2014, so mid-2010s. I think that was a year when, like, you you you, you would have noticed that violence and gore was toned down a little bit, at least from a visual perspective. Um, but yeah, Paras- Parasite and Parasite of the Maxim is like a rare instance where I would say, if you only like watching anime, you'll be fine with this. If you absolutely, only like, if you only like reading manga, you'll be fine with this. So is the art just really Junji Ito esque? So the the manga is old as heck. Yeah, by the way. I think it came out in the eighties. Um, because quickly... I think what happened for me personally was, I watched the anime first, anime only. And then was like, it was fucking great. Let's let me just take a look, take a gander at the manga. And then when I looked at it, I'm not trying to say it's bad, but the it is it's a very eighties style. Yeah, yeah. And whether you like that or not as an aesthetic choice or style is it is actually a personal subjective thing. It, it for yeah. me, I, I, I loved it. But I am also like the first to tell you that visually it does look a bit dated. And I'm telling you that the anime at the very least modernizes it, but retains at least from what Will and I seem to gather, at least if not the spirit, the actual amount of violence and gore that is in the original source. Yeah. So Jason wholeheartedly recommends the anime. I wholeheartedly recommend the, the manga all in all. It's the perfect package. Sometimes, though, Will, the perfect package is not necessarily just exclusive to one person. Sometimes all you need is to open some doors, have some black dust, I guess. Eat some mushrooms. Have a head, a couple of heads, or a head within a head. You're, you're, you're going to notice a trend with these specific series where it all just sounds crazy and fucked up. But and I mean, guess what it is? This is violence and gore. It is crazy fucked up. And then for me to tell you, by the way, the person who created this thing that you kind of like a lot, especially when it comes to violence and gore, is a woman. Not a dude. Not like who you think so please don't have these preconceived notions like yeah we're not we're not like gender gatekeeping here either and i think this is a good example of someone who produced a really actually two pieces of work among many others that traditionally has been like dominated by male artists and male mangakas yeah for sure the person that we're talking about is q hayashida she did the story and the art for doro hetero and if we have time, which I think we will, to do go into Die Dark. But mainly it's Dora Hedero, which is based off of the manga of the same name, published in English by Viz Media. It's complete and will read all 23 volumes. It is produced by, surprise, surprise, MAPPA and premiered in the winter 2020. It was a Netflix exclusive. I think they also have some like six episodes special or something. But unfortunately, no season two. 
I don't think it's going to happen, honestly. The Mal source score this, for the this, manga. Uh, it's quite wide, this one. Six, 8.68. But the season one is 8.06. So, yeah, it's massive in terms of being ranked 56 of all mangas and 504 out of all animes. But it's still anything above an 8 is crazy good. Yeah, the the main criticism that I think people had for the season, uh, which is so far the only season, is how it ended. That's basically it because it leaves it open enough for a season two to come out. But it's like you, you know how like a lot of series where they make their first season, they have the ending to a point where it's like whether or not they have a second season lined I up. I hate that. It's either like okay. Because because you, you a lot of times you can watch a series like it's self contained within that one season, and if there's nothing else that comes. After it, it's like, okay, well, at least they tried. But this one is like, they made it to seem like there is going to be a second season, and everyone just kind of just blue balled. Right. Like, I understand the financial or planning feasibility that comes with not knowing for sure or being able to commit multiple seasons when it might not be beneficial, right? Then it's, then it's yeah. also Netflix as well. I also understand the generic kind of ending of a one season or one cur of anime being like oh we are technically right back where we started but we either have more people or we have grown or we have bonded so we were in kind of the similar situation as the very beginning but now with different tool sets and context right i understand i th- i think it's a really lame cop out but in general i give that a pass right yeah Just read the monk, guys. I don't understand how to describe Dorohedero. Like, if I cannot describe the carnage of Elfin Lead, to even explain to you what Dorohedero is about. I mean, you, you said it, right? Doors, mushrooms, black dust, heads, magic. Heads within heads. They're eggs, I think, at one point. They're it's mushrooms. It's so weird. But um, it's so good. Do you like, do you like dumplings? I guess you do, and I don't mean it in like, oh, they're made out of human meat or whatever, because I think that's a horror story. No, it's it's just it's just no, it's just, it's just real dumplings, like dumpling store, like gyozas, yep. but reptiles. Yeah, anthropomorphic reptiles. Girl, that is kind of crazy. Jacked as fuck. Jacked as fuck. Actually, every character, man or woman, are like fucking ripped. Uh, masks. In suits, baseball, bro, <laughs> like baseball. Every every anime has a good baseball scene, dude. Like, who would have thought that there would be a baseball scene in fucking Samurai Champloo, right? Like, it's there's there's a lot of everything in this, and it is like high octane, crazy batshit, like insanity. But if I can't convince you to read or watch Dorohedoro, watch as I try to convince Will yet again to finally read Die Dark. To read Die Dark, which is also by Q Hayashida. It is her latest uh, uh, manga series published in English by Seven Seas Entertainment. Four English volumes are out currently. Uh, raw score of 7.82, so not as outstanding as Dora Hetero. I've read all four manga volumes. It is the stupid... It's like... Well... I think Die Dark may never get an anime adaptation. In the sense that it's it's too hard, bro. It's like... that. That's kind of how I feel about the rest of Dora Hetero as well. Here, let me tell you 
and I guess if you want to worry about a super minor spoiler about Die Dark. To be fair, if I'm if I've read and loved Dora Hedero, I'm pretty sure like I know what's gonna happen in Die Dark. Well, let me try to convince the listeners with a very small nugget of information, okay? So it takes place in space. Sure. I mean fine. Spaceships, you know, whatever. The how they operate the the main character, how they operate the spaceship is through a dog. Okay. Fine. No problem. It's just a small little dog. You have to plug it in in order to, you know, the system from the dog to the system of the ship. How do you plug it in, Will? How would you plug it in? How would Q Hayashida, her brand of humor, plug it in such that the connection between the dog and the ship is connected? Well, she makes use of a lot of heads in Dora uh, Hedero, so I'm guessing it's the opposite side. Bro, you got it. The butthole. And guess what? The main character spent at least two to three panels laughing at that. And then here's the best part. You ready for this, Will? This is the icing on top of the icing. Even the dog laughs. Isn't there a character named like Nikuman or like Pork Bun or something like that? Bro. Marinara meatball subs. Marinara meatball, that's it. Marinara meatball subs. Spaghetti subs, bro. That's 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 don't put me on the spot like that when you know I can deliver, bro. Man, I I mean, like... It, no, no, I'm just kidding. It, but it definitely sounds like something I would absolutely look... I mean, it, if I, it, it, it goes without saying. If you like Dora Hedero, you would also like Die Dark. One of the characters is just called Death. Like, what the fuck? But sure. And they're not, like, actually Death, right? They're, that just happens to be their name. Or... No comment on can, that you one. You can read up on it yourself. You yeah. can read up on it yourself, but... Really, I think one of the things that was very impressive about Doro Hedero that I don't think a lot of people give credit for, and I think Will, after finishing the whole manga series, you give extra credit for, is the fact that it was even adaptable in the first place. The fact that it was done, and done in a way that was not only very well received by everyone, but for even it to be possible, I think, translatable... I know it's like, oh, it doesn't sound that hard. And also but, the fact that, like, we're, we also talked about fucking Devilman Crybaby, and that was, like, insane to adapt. But there's also but at a reason. that was, like, an artistic choice. And or, there's also a reason why there was only 10 episodes of it. Yeah. Right? Because if you're adapt any more, at that point, you're really, like, walking on thin ice on, like, how far you can take the level of violence and gore. Because let me tell you, with the manga for Dora Hedero, yeah, it goes up, like, several notches. And I, that's why, like, Personally, for me, it's probably why I won't get a second season. I read the manga. I told you that, right? I didn't finish it. I got to the point where they're in a forest and they got into a house. Oh, dude! I'll just oh. say that that's not really spoiling no, anything. No, 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 right? no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying like you, you're gonna yeah. get into some really fucked up shit yeah, later. Yeah, I, I, I stopped because it was kind of fucked up at the moment, and I kind of was like, I don't need this right now. It's pretty yeah. good, but yeah. I don't need this right now in my life at that time. I mean, sure, I'll resume it later, but which I haven't yet, but I do intend on. But yeah, I got to the forest and the house, bro. If that doesn't sound ominous as fuck, well, guess what? It's not ominous. It's just fucked up. But you should read it because it's actually really good. And die dark, please. Yep. We actually spent a lot of time recommending stuff this time around rather than going kind of all scholarly, conceptual about it. Because there really isn't much else 
to really say that not has been said before. We defined what the, the words are. We ex- we at least from our perspectives explain why it's an interesting genre or at least like a theme that people like get into. And then you know we go into some of the stuff we like that have a lot of violence, blood, and gore. Because we don't want to just mention fights. That that's boring. We don't want to mention all shonens and violence and whatnot. We did talk about the shonen genre a little bit, but, but at the same time, we also don't want to go into horror either because yeah. there's a distinction for that. Because then well. that it's in the horror genre. Just because there is violence and fighting, like Tokyo Revengers, for example, or I don't know, Kengen Ashura, are you then telling me that they are what you would recommend when you like, think of violence yeah, and war? Exactly. In terms uh, of like martial art fighting, yeah, for sure. But if it's like if it was a martial arts like or like a, an action show that didn't have violence, then what's going on, right? Yeah. Then you're going into some real niche subgenres there. Yeah, or you're just Baki. But the point that fuck, I am trying Oh wow, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that you wrap that up, if you want to talk about violence score, fuck Baki. Baki is shit. Oh shit. Oh god. Look. Violence and gore will always be in anime, pop culture, and will stand the test of time as one of the pillars. Maybe not one of the favorite pillars for for many, but it will always be there. It is the child that is that props up, you know, media. You don't necessarily want to acknowledge it, but you can't deny it either. And sometimes every once in a while, hey, that child produces some pretty interesting stuff with its own brand and flair. And just as I think it is right to denounce violence in general, I think also it is fair to say violence and gore, there are good and bad cases of handling it. There's always, and less is more, or more can also be a good thing. There really is no in-between or an absolute. One thing is absolute, though. At least according to Will, Baki is shit. And, I fucking hate Baki. And Yashiki, Last Hero, I think is shit, but I still gave it a seven. I get it. And violence and gore is not the answer, but... There is... Before you do go... Oh, shit. Oh, uh, fuck. It's more just a correction, um, because... Uh, Did I fuck up? No, for me. Because earlier I said oh, Calypso Protocol for that uh, very violent video game that got banned. It's actually called Callisto Protocol. Oh, but, so within that span of time, someone dinged us on this already? No, I just, I just I just needed to check. But it was also banned in Japan because of new, stricter standards for violence in the country. But that's within Zero, so computer entertainment. So... Whether or not that will then you know have any effect on like other media, specifically anime and manga, we don't know. But this could be like you know a precedent for maybe less violence or more censorship in violence in, in in anime and manga. Who knows? Don't make me mention video games because Doki Doki Literature Club is also should be in that conversation for violence yeah. and gore, but not really. But kind of. But I don't know. It's just fucked up, dude. It's just fucked up. And you know what else is fucked up, Will? That we reached the end of our episode for this season five, episode 49. <laughs> good I save, am good trying save, good to save. good save that holy fucking shit. That is... <laughs> Jesus. Will, what is going on with me today? Well, I guess you can always listen to us on uh, Spotify, Apple, or any no, of no, your no, favorite no. podcast players. On. What, what is our housekeeping script, Will? Uh, I'm waiting for you to go into it because I don't have it pulled up on my screen. All right. 
you guys can always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com, G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word, using the handle at palletgood, capital P and capital G, all one word, or through our GAP Discord server using the invite link in the show description. We also have a website, www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. We are trying to update it. I'm trying to update it, trying to figure stuff out. But it will always have our latest episodes and info on there. Music credits for this episode. Brand new music themes. Our intro music is Inure by uh, Hasten. Our break music is Botai by Oi. And our outro music is I Don't Mind, the instrumental version by Particle House. You can support the music artists we feature by listening to Spotify, Apple Music, or various music listening platforms. And just to let you guys know, our royalty-free music was provided by Epidemic Sound. If you're interested, you can sign up using the referral link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. My dude, Will. We decided to you know wake up one day in the beginning of... 2023 and uh we chose violence we chose violence to start off the year because guess what you're not all i'm not all locked in here with you yeah what's you're funny what's funny is that like you know we, the, the reason why we did this episode was because we wanted the counterpart to you know the the fluffy slice of life genre episode that we did a while back um but uh funny enough i'm no longer as edgelord as I used to be. I and, haven't watched and, as much like violent and gory shit. And guess what? Apparently, I'm fucked my, up. My, my yeah. heart has been blackened a bit, and by a bit I mean more than a bit. It was probably because I watched like a whole ton of fucking Kyoto animation for that one episode, so. and then it just kind of like stuck with you, right? I just need some fluffy shit in my life. Which, to be fair, you might find out the answer to that question based off of the next couple episodes. So. Just sort of giving you guys a heads up. We will very likely, in fact, almost certainly, uh, catch up everyone on the winter seasonals. Winter 2023, new year, new anime season. It's going to be a very interesting episode, actually. Will, I'm not quite sure how the direction of that season is going to go. Will is going to concede yet again on the seasonal bets. We may or may not, probably not, because we ran out of time to do any seasonal bets. So I got to keep my streak ever so longer what, what streak there is no streak you're you're the only one playing this game now i'm 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 out of this competition i have never come close to winning anything uh funny enough though will you got close only afterwards only like if, if we were to actually do a retrospective and look back on all the previous episodes uh of, of the, the the season we did like seasonal bets i do wonder if you know if I had more time would i actually have won but that's not the point of the bet right but what is the point is we will also do a year retrospective of 2022 at some point in the very near couple of episodes. So spent a lot of time putting together those, uh, those sheets. Dude, that was, that was legit solid work. I'm proud of you, man. Can't wait to do that episode. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought we would just spend sort of the post script, you know, figuring out just a, a, a general, like early preview of what's to come in yeah. season five. We welcome all listeners, new and old, anything in between. Happy 2023. Go nuts. Good health, good wealth, good anime and manga. Is that... Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean... Okay, okay, fine. Light novels and visual novels, too. 
Yeah. Asterisk. We're not reading or playing light novels and vision novels. <laughs> Are we? Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll, there's there's still a, a Steam sale on all the on the Steinscape games. Maybe I'll buy them and play them. Guys, what's our budget for this year? <laughs> and with that, we will end today's episode. Thank you very much. Take care, and we'll catch you in the next Spell one. Spell our organs? What? What?